<laughs> good morning, Mount Zion Church family. I hope you're all having a good morning. It's always a good morning when we get to gather together today. I'm excited. God is going to do something. I believe that. I hope you're open to that today. I hope you came with expectations of God. Move in me, move it through me, whatever you want to do, Father. We give you all the glory. We give you it all today, Father. You're, you've given us so much, Father. But more than anything, as Paul said, your grace, your grace is enough. Hallelujah. Great is your faithfulness, O oh God. You wrestle with the sinner's heart. You lead us by still waters and to mercy. And nothing can keep us apart. So remember your people. Remember your children. Remember your promise, oh God. And your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. for me great is your love and justice God of Jacob you use the weak to lead the strong you lead us in the song of your salvation and all your people sing along. So remember your people. Remember your children. Remember your promise, oh God. Sing your grace is enough. Yeah, your grace is enough. Lord, your grace is enough for me. Yeah, your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Lord, your grace is enough for me. So remember your people. Remember your children remember your promise oh God sing your grace is enough yeah your grace is enough Lord your grace is enough for me God I see that your grace is enough Lord your grace 
grace supplies all your needs. Give him a praise today. God, thank you. Go ahead and have a seat this morning. I'm excited about today. We got a lot going on in service. I always like that too. And Pastor Anna's coming up. With, oh, and Paul's going to help? Right on, Paul. <laughs> this is the first time you've brought him up, I think. Morning. Oh, is it working? So I just have a few announcements for you guys today. The first one is we have an outreach event that we are going to be doing. It is on June 2nd. It's a Friday. We were asked to join with the two high schools and help do their senior grad night. So we will be doing all of our cotton candy, popcorn, and snow cone machines for only two hours of it, though, because they go till like 2 a.m. We're not doing till 2 a.m. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, and we're going to meet here at 6.30, but we'll make sure to keep reminding you guys so you remember all the details. Um, we have a Bible study that Miss Jerry does every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. downstairs. And then we have Seniors Refresh Potluck on May 18th, and it is Mexican-themed. If you have any questions, go see Brenda or Lionel, and it's at 6 p.m. here at church. Um, we have Wednesday night Bible study Thrive. We are doing an amazing Bible study all together, experiencing God. And I encourage you all to come, even though we've already started, come join us. You will learn a lot about hearing God's voice in your life. Then today is Sandwich Sunday. <laughs> oh man. Um, and then we also have T-shirts for everyone. Uh, you can sign up in the back. They are $10 each. I have some of your shirts today, so remind me, I have shirts. And then next weekend is Mother's Day. We have a special little gift for all of you mothers, and we will have a raffle that we are doing as well. So make sure you're here next weekend for Mother's Day. And I think that is all that we have, so we're going to do meet and greet now for five minutes. Five minutes. Five
concerns all of you greatly to make. It's, it's embedded in your heart. It's just, it's, it, it's, it, is it hoodie day today? Is it hoodie day today in the Massey family? It's, it's hoodie day. Hoodie day. Hoodie day. I like just saying hoodie day. Hoodie day. Hoodie yeah. Hoodie day yeah. Hoodie day. Everybody say it. Say it with me. Hoodie day. See, it's fun, huh? It's just, that's so stupid. Okay. Hey, before we uh, receive your tithes and offerings, is it okay, Brenda, if you came up at this point? And then I know I told you after, but is it okay now? Yeah? Are you, what is the way to, she's teasing me. Pastor Brenda um, is going to be bringing you, where do you want to be? Come up here so everybody can see your lovely face. Dun, 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 oh, here we go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I have a testimony. Um, some of you guys know me really well. Some of you guys don't really know me. Um, and I don't talk a lot about myself and about things that I have been through in the past. But um, for about the past 23 years, I've been taking anxiety medicine because of some stuff that has happened in the past. Um, because you guys well know that my sister got murdered and I had to... Um, take some medication because I couldn't go out of the house. I couldn't even stand up here and talk to you. And um, a few months ago, I got really, really bad sick, and I stopped taking all my medication. And um, so I am off of my anxiety medication. I have no... No problems with anxiety whatsoever. I thought, oh, it's just going to be a little bit. I'm going to start having some, you know. Um, but I don't. I don't. I don't have any um, problems whatsoever. And I just wanted to let you guys know that there is healing. There is Amen. healing. God will heal you. And it's just a matter of time. Sometimes we say, come on, do it now. Why aren't you doing it right now? I have things to do. I cannot mess with whatever your issue is. I mean, some of you have physical, emotional, spiritual, financial. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been through it all. So, I mean, it's not something that's new to me. But take and believe. Believe mm -hmm. that God will take this from you, whatever take. your situation is. Because it's not going to last forever. It may that. feel like it when you're going through it. Mm -hmm. It may feel like you never, ever will not have this issue. Mm -hmm. Just like with you, Andrew, when you were going through your addiction, you probably thought that it would never end. Mm -hmm. But God has blessed you in so many ways. You are such a blessing to this church and to our church family. And so is Jimmy and Anna. And all of you are, in your own way, a blessing to each one of us. And thank you for listening to me. I love you guys. Amen. Wait a minute. Don't you go anywhere. What did, wait, 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 wait. What did she say? Take it and... Take it and believe it. 
I, or take it and receive it. I love, I take it. You know, that is such a great word for all of us that are, you know, feel like we don't deserve it. We haven't done enough good. Or maybe we've messed up too much. And God would say, take it, receive it. That is a beautiful way of putting it. Can I pray over you? Father, we just thank you so much for the testimony that you can, you can give us so much if we would just take it and receive it. And Father, sometimes we just don't feel worthy or, or we just don't think you're going to do that for us. But what a wonderful testimony that you can do it for anyone. And you did it for Brenda. You could do it for anyone th struggling through these same kind of issues or any other issue, frankly. So God, we just want to make sure we stop for a moment and give you the glory and say, God, thank you for what you're doing in and through Brenda. Thank you for her encouragement and her steadfastness. Thank you, God, for her ability to recognize when you are giving her something to take and receive. So, Father, we just thank you and give you all the glory. And in Jesus' name, the church said, amen. amen. God bless you. Good job. Yeah. Where are you, Pastor Jay? There you are. You don't have a kid with you? No. Weird. <laughs> All right, I'm going to pray over the offering. And uh, before I do, uh, just to say, um, like those of you online, I know me, I don't always carry cash, you know? So we do it online. It's super easy. It's actually, it's just like, boom, boom. But if you're not technical, technical, you know, probably put it in the envelope. But, uh, so that's just, there's a bunch of ways to give. Um, and also when we give, just remember that we, we give with a, jo a joyful heart. Am I too close to you or something? No, it's me. Oh, okay. Um, just give with a joyful heart. You should want to give, you know. If, if you're giving and you're like, I don't know, reluctant to do it, you probably should talk to God and get that sorted out. So I just pray that, you know, it should feel good to give back, and that's what keeps the lights on and keeps this happening week in and week out. So let, let, let me pray. Mm -hmm. Father, we thank you for this offering today. We thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us, Lord. I thank you for everybody that's here. Lord, we're all part of your plan. So Father, I pray that you use us. Father, I pray that we give, we give freely, we give because we want to, Lord. And I pray as, I pray that uh, as the church and pastor that's in charge of it all, that I pray that everybody's following you, Lord. And that we don't know what the plan, what's, what's gonna happen, but I, it's going somewhere. You're leading us somewhere, Father, and I'm just excited to be here, be part of something so much bigger than myself. So, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for these moments and this time. And, Lord, help us to not waste it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. If you're in a place this morning, whether online or in here, where all you got is God, that is the best place to be. He has an endless supply for us. He never runs out. You ever just feel spent? 
like you just don't have anything more to give. You know, God never runs out. Don't ever be afraid to ask him for more. Sing with me this morning as we focus on God and just ask him to do something today. I need you more More than yesterday I need you more More than words can say I need you more Than ever before I need you, Lord I need you, Lord. Come on, sing that again with me. I need you more. More than yesterday, I need you more. And more than words can say, I need you more than ever before. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. More than the air I breathe. More than the song I sing. More than the next heartbeat. And more than anything, Lord, as time goes, by I will be by your side cause I never want to go back to my old life I need you more more than yesterday I need you And more than words can say, I need you more than ever before. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Right here in your presence is where I belong. This old broken heart has finally found a home. I'll never be alone. I need you more. More than yesterday, I need you more. And more than words can say. I need you more than ever before. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you more. More than yesterday. I need you more. 
than ever before. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. All who are thirsty. All who are weak, come to the fountain, dip your heart in the stream of life, let the pain and the sorrow be washed away in the waves of your as deep cries out too deep come on we sing come Lord Jesus come we sing come Lord Jesus come
I don't know what situation you're going through. I don't know where you're at right now between you and God. But I know that whatever you're dealing with, whatever anguish you're in, whatever desperation you're in, whatever needs you need provided, whatever wisdom you need, you just say, come into my situation, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. Come into my everything. And then as Brenda said, take it and receive it. Sing one more time with me. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. We sing, come, Lord Jesus. Come. We sing, come, Lord Jesus, come. We sing, come. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be than here in your love, here in your love. No place I'd rather be, no place I'd rather be, no place I'd rather be here in your love, here in your love. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain that I can't control I want more of you God I want more of you God set a fire in my soul that I can't contain that I can't control I want more of you God I want more of you God no place I'd rather be no place I'd rather be, no place I'd rather be, than here in your love, here in your love, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control, I want more of you God, I want more of you God, set a fire in my soul, I can't contain, I can't control, I want more of you, God, 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 I want soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God.
Father God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, and your anointing. We pray for a, a, a greater anointing upon our pastor and the church leaders of this church, upon each and every individual that's sitting here in this church today. Increase your love, increase your power in them. I pray, God, you would open our eyes to see, our spiritual eyes to see, our spiritual ears to hear what you want us to, to discern and, and take from the message today. Speak to our hearts. May we see that you are speaking to us through our pastor. God, that you would just, just continue, continue, continue to increase your love, increase your power, increase your anointing in every person in this church, every person that sits here today, but also... God, in the days to come, increase your anointing. Every person in this room, increase their discernment, increase their wisdom, increase their knowledge in you. We will give you all the thanks. We'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Praise God. What a beautiful day it is now. Now it is. Am I hearing? I'm hearing you. I thought I was hearing voices. If we could have the ushers uh, get ready to distribute communion. Uh, you know, I, I believe communion to be a holy moment. I really do. <sighs> kind of like an Easter service, every communion service. So I've asked Steve if you could sing for us as the ushers distribute the elements. Go ahead, guys. Oh Lord, you search me. You know my way. Even when I fail you, I know you love me.
You know, we always seem to go to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we always go to verses 23, where he says, And he took, he took the night he betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, I remember uh, getting in trouble, shock, I was as a children's pastor. I think I got in trouble more than the kids got in trouble, to be honest with you. Um, they, I did a, a I, I was wrong, don't get me, I, I, I was wrong. I, I didn't let the parents know that I was going to be doing communion with the kids. And some had a very strict Catholic and other backgrounds in which they felt first communion was, you know, something they wanted to be a part of. And so they were forgiving, thank God, and, and uh, it went fine. But what I did was, I, uh, I, I got a McDonald's Happy Meal. And, and I, I, I just figured, there's no happier meal than this. And the gift we receive is way better than that plastic toy. And at the night, when Jesus was doing the Last Supper, they were lounging around. And if you've ever seen kids at a slumber party where there's sleeping bags all out, popcorn all over the place, wrappers everywhere, they're all sprawled out everywhere because they're comfortable with their friends. And that was what the atmosphere was. Paul was sharing in Corinthians how they had messed it up. Now, I messed it up because I should have let the parents know, but these people were messing it up because... The instructions he gives in, uh, in chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians, verse 17, he's upset at them. He's upset at them because the communion that they were serving, they would get together in a house, they'd do church, and they typically go downstairs and have a meal together exactly like we're doing today. Well, except they had a lot more wine than we will have downstairs. But what was happening were the rich guys... We're going down and getting in line first. And they were drinking all the wine and eating all the food. And then the servants would come behind and just get scraps. And Paul said, how can you be receiving communion when you're not worthy of it? That's the kind of check he wants us to do in our hearts. Where have we kind of messed up? Where do I need to ask forgiveness? Where is my pride getting me? And once again, let's remember, as Steve was beautifully singing, as I, I get down on one knee at the cross, we're humbling ourselves to God saying, yeah, I blew it again. And he has full of grace, and it's enough. And so there's Jesus with the guy who's going to do more damage than any other dude in that room, Judas. And... Uh, I keep forgetting this. I do. And I want to keep remembering it too. He turned to Judas. And I picture him looking at his friend for over three years. And saying, go. Do what you have to do. And Jesus' heart breaking. Not because of what was going to happen to Jesus. But because of what was going to happen to Judas. And there he is amongst this guy who's going to betray him. And he says, look. When you get together like this. And he took the bread and he gave thanks. He said, you should do this. Because this is like my body that was broken for you. And I do this willingly 
for you. And so he took the bread, broke it, passed it around. They prayed over it. Father, thank you. Thank you for your son's body that was broken for us, that took our place on that cross. We humbly get on one knee and we say, Father, you are God and I am not. And we need you and your grace and we thank you for your mercy and your love. And so we take this bread, remembering. Amen. Go ahead and take the bread. I always thought it was interesting that Jesus didn't say, then he took the wine. Yeah, he says they took the cup. And I think he did that because the cup, not only, for, first of all, the, the, the wine represented the blood, and the blood was life. But I think the cup represented what he had to handle, what he had to deal with. Remember when he prayed in the garden, Father, if there's any other way to take this cup from me. Some of you online, some of you here today are bearing a cup that you need, as Brenda so beautifully put. You need to take and receive from God the love and the mercy and let him take your cup. He said, my, my burden's light. Give it to me. You weren't made to carry this cup. Jesus was. But we are not. So, Father, as I pray for this, this, I know, this juice that represents your blood, that represents life, that was shed for us, that was given for us, I know. But today in particular, God, I lift this cup and I say, well, all the things and burdens in my life, I place in this cup and I give it to you. That we were never meant to carry such burdens. And so, Father, take this cup and receive it as we take the juice, and receive the blood of Jesus over our lives. What a deal. What a deal. It doesn't get any better than that because of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and take up the cup. So, Father, we've come together celebrating what you're doing, what you've done, and what you're going to do. And we thank you for it in the precious name of Jesus. And the church said, amen, amen. God bless you. I do enjoy, I, th- I do enjoy communion together. Uh, but I, th- I think, Brenda, I, I really like doing it downstairs on Sunday, on uh, Sandwich Sundays. Because we're all around a meal. Uh, just kind of, I don't know, it's just me. And, okay, oh, before I get to, it is, uh, we haven't done a missions window in a while. Before I bring up Andrew, I want to take a moment. Uh, Glenn and Kathy Stilts, how, you've been with us four years? About four years? Five years? Four or five years, give, take a few. And they are, this is their last Sunday with us. Yeah, they've said goodbye to church and God, they don't care anymore. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're moving. You're leaving us. And, and where are you guys going? Texas? Texas. Where? Anna, Texas. <laughs> well, you know what? You've been meant so much. You've been a great. I love our discussions. I love your your zeal for being rooted and grounded and letting God do what God wants to do and doing what God tells us to do. 
Um, there's not a lot of gray area with Glenn. None at all. And there shouldn't be. And we should never compromise the gospel. Amen? But Glenn, you are a wonderful example of never compromising the gospel in our lives. And I will take that with me. And I will never forget it. As a pastor, you've been such a blessing to me. And I know I've been a big pain in your butt sometimes. Well, you've been a pain in my butt sometimes. So. <laughs> But I will miss our discussions. I will miss our times together. And I know the seniors love you as well and our times with you. And uh, we want to pray you out. And, um, you know, that's, there's, we want him to take whatever he got here in this place from God and go bless another church. And I know you will. And I know you will. So if you guys could stretch a hand out. Father, we just lift up Glenn and Kathy to you, Father. We just commission them, Lord Jesus, as they go and spread the gospel with their lives, with their words, testimony, just being there and being a challenge to those to be rooted and grounded in their faith, stand for what they believe in, and do what God tells them to do. So God, I thank you for the blessing they've been at this church. I pray you prepare the way for their next church home, that even now you begin to open those doors and that you give them a great pastor and a great staff and wonderful people around them and let them find their place where they can bless those that they meet and those that they do. I know that they are going to bring great things to another church. So bless them. Give them wisdom and discernment. God, keep them safe as they travel. Let this move go smoothly and let their lives be full of your peace and joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We will miss you. We will miss you. Well, this is not goodbye. No. We're going to all see each other. That's right. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing. Okay, sorry, that's just me. Okay, Andrew. Andrew, uh, Cam has been, unfortunately, we've had to postpone him a few times, but I know we have a family that he wants to give us an update that we support through missions with. So I will turn it over to you, young man, over here. There you go. Good morning, family. My name is Andrew Cam. I'm part of the missionary updating leading service, and I, it's really, I'm really excited about the missionaries. And, and uh, wow, where does a year go? What a living testimony with, with Brenda and them. But uh, 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 Yvonne and Henry Smith have been out in Ecuador in, uh, uh, for quite some time now. Their parents started the ministry. Uh, Janice and Jerry... Uh, about 38 years ago, um, they've been working with Lucio High School and Global University and also a lot of missionary locals there. And they've been doing baptisms, they've been doing Bible studies, ministering to, you know, saving lives, and just a wonderful impact. And as of July 1st in 2023, Janice and Jerry uh, Smith will be stepping down and handing the baton over to Henry and them. And it's just such an amazing part of, of, of growing in the, uh, the community and just building lives and, and, and just embarking a new, you know, enlightenment of life. And, and so I'm really happy for them. And um, so they both, the whole family pretty much was born in Northern California. 
Um, they've been out that way for a long time, you know, and all the missionaries that we that we honor and support. So, um, um, if you would like to put uh, offer money in the offering on the on the pray on the on your tithing thing, you can put missionaries in there, and then that will get sent to the right part. And so, I today I just wanted to pray for that new embarkment for uh, Henry and Yvonne Smith. Um, as they go into their next uh, area. I'm sure it'll still be in El Salvador there. So, Father God, we just open the light and the love to be with, with that family and bring the missionaries that, that will be a part of that uh, missionary and to open doors and just enlighten each part of their uh, their glory that they bring to the community and just embrace life and just fill their cup up, dear Lord, and just guide them, mold them, shape them. Your wonderful, precious name, Amen. Amen. Didn't Andrew do a good job there? Come on, he's doing great. Thank you, Andrew. Hey, Anna, put that picture back up for just a second. I met Henry when he was 19 years old, and he had not yet gone on the mission field yet. He just had turned 19 and graduated uh, from Bethany, I believe Bethany College. Okay, I know that was really young, but he did it very quickly. And I can tell you the truth. At 19, he looked exactly like he looks right now. I'm not kidding. He always had an old soul, and it was before he met his wife. And look at look at that mini. His his wife has many me's, and his son is a mini him. And uh, God bless you. Thank you, Andrew, for bringing them to our attention. Well, can we get to the message? We've had a lot in service, but that's okay. We got food, okay? So we're all right. We got food. So please, everybody join us downstairs. I'm sure we have tons of Mexican food down there. And uh, so I'm excited. I was so thankful a couple weeks. What a bummer last week was, by the way. The power came on at 10 to 10. And I could hear Glenn in the back of your head. Where was your faith, brother? You could have just gone forward. (laughs) And uh, yeah, just at 10 to 10. And so I was thankful for Steve bringing the word uh, a couple weeks ago on the anointing. And uh, kind of giving us a roadmap to what it is. And uh, coming off of that, I, I just felt the need to, well, how do, we, how do we make a difference in our life? How do we have that anointing? How do we walk in that anointing? Or better yet, how do we keep that anointing? Because so many times, you know, it says over and over in the Bible, come back, come back, come back, come back. Come back to your first love. Constantly be refilled, refilled. Come back, refill. I mean, there's this refilling that we always have to do. It's this fuel that we've got to have. We do. Because God tells us to be ready in season and not. And if you are constantly running on empty, you are not ready. And the anointing brings weight to your words. You know how I am happy that somebody like a like an Andrew can come up here and talk about missions or how Pastor Jimmy and Pastor Anna can come up here and preach. You know why? Because they have the anointing. And it makes all the difference. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that makes all the difference. When you operate your life with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, there is power, there is miracles, there is freedom, all when you are anointed by God. And you know, when you know you're how to walk in that anointing, 
when you receive that anointing, there's tremendous results in your life, not just as a believer, but in your ministry. And every one of you has a ministry. You may not be, you know, doing a good job at it, but you have a ministry. Every single one of you. So I want to talk about how we do this. How do we walk in this anointing? And like, like Steve said, under the power or the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways to grow. As a pastor, I always feel like I need to stay a step ahead, and I usually feel a step behind. So it gives me this hunger to grow. And one of the ways to grow is this impartation or seeking an impartation. And I, and I, I wanted to explain to you, the impartation is so important. It has to do with the giving and the receiving of spiritual gifts, of blessings, healings, baptism of the Holy Spirit, the work of the ministry, and even more. We want that impartation of the Holy Spirit. I've found that there are those who are anointed, and that's everyone, but there are those that don't operate in their anointing. They don't seek the anointing. They don't look for a refilling or a renewal. And what will happen is you could tell the difference when someone's operating under the anointing or not. So how do you discern that? Well, there's power in their words. It means something when they minister. When there's the word of God, there's something inside of that person. It could be you today listening. There's something that the Holy Spirit will stir up. You can always tell when someone's ministering under the Holy Spirit because it starts to build a hunger in your heart. The anointing is not just for preaching. The anointing is for everyone in a ministry. It's an anointing for whether you're an evangelist, a teacher, a pastor, a prophet. It goes on and on and on. Everyone, everyone drives different cars. But we all got to put fuel in it. Okay, whether it's electric or diesel or gas or what, what are the other ones? Hydrogen? What's the other one? Wait, there's, there's, there's one more. The ethanol. There we go. I was looking for ethanol for the engineers in the room. <laughs> we all have to have fuel. Every flashlight needs a battery. You got to have it. The anointing is different in everybody, but it all comes from the same source. It is still the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's that anointing that will fuel your ministry. It'll fuel the times when you minister. It'll fuel those times when you're opening up God's Word. It'll fuel anything you're doing under God's call, any gift that you're operating in. The anointing has, you know, for some, it may be in laying of hands or seeing miracles, or maybe it's even gift of administration or prophecy. But all of us, no matter who we are, no matter how we're gifted, we need the anointing of the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me, let me break it down to you simply that nobody thinks they're above it. When I was trying to find my place, when God was stirring up something, didn't know what he was really doing. You know, it's those times when you come to church and you just cry and you don't know why. It's the times when you're hungry to get to a Wednesday night service, a Sunday night service. You can't get enough. 
And I was going from church to church because I didn't know what the difference was between one church and another. But I started going to this Nazarene church, this Nazarene church in Concord. And there was a guy who worked the front door. I still remember to this day, this is 25 years more later, I still remember this guy because he had the gift of handshake. Oh, I'm, I, and I'm not making a joke. This guy would look you in the eye and he gave the best handshake I had ever received in my life. And it would make me feel like I was welcome in this place, respected in this place, felt honored in this place. Because of a handshake? This guy was anointed in his handshake. Not only did I learn that he was a great greeter at church, you know what he did for a living? He was a greeter, a corporate greeter. So he would work for corporations when they would have a banquet or some seminar or conference, and his job was to just welcome them to the conference with a handshake. He made a living with an anointing of a handshake, and he used it for the Lord. That's, I, I'm telling you, you think that greeting at church is nothing. It can sometimes be everything. Because you know what makes the difference? The anointing. I've noticed that some carry it. They carry the anointing with them, and some don't. Now, it isn't to say, look at, there are no believers who don't have the anointing, but they, they don't walk in it. They don't tap into the reservoir of this power. It just lays dormant inside of them. And some believers leave the power of God untouched, untapped, and unused. But I want to show you how to walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If you have your Bibles with you, or as I like to call it, the Mount Zion Church Home Version, if you have your Bibles with you, open to Matthew chapter 25. And while you're doing that, I want to tell you, I, 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 I love being around anointed people. I like to walk next to them. I like to study what they do. And doing that, I found tremendous people with tremendous anointings. I found men and women of God gifted by the Holy Spirit in so many different and very specific ways. But then I also saw pretenders. In other words, they talked big, but they didn't walk with power. The anointing makes all the difference. You can have someone who's very talented, a great singer, you can have someone who's, who's maybe a great speaker and maybe they're amazing and they're talented in different things or maybe it's even an organizing different task. but if the anointing is not there, there's a lack of power. You can always discern that lack of power. And so I want to show you how to walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So when you carry out your ministry, when you walk in the gifts that God has placed in your life, that there is power. There is tangible, evident move of the power of the Holy Spirit to those you touch around you. Let me give you an example of an everyday use. You're a parent, and you are talking to your child. You want your words to weigh heavy. You want your words to mean something. You want your children to value your words. You need the anointing of God. When you place your hand on your child and you're praying for them, you want it to weigh heavy on them. 
So in Matthew 25, there's this parable concerning the last days. Now, one of the things that Steve talked about is how the oil will represent or is representative of a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Or the oil can be just the anointing under the power of God. So with that in mind, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 25, verse 1. And it's Jesus doing some teaching here. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins. Now, some of you guys, it, it says uh, uh, bridesmaids. Some of them have different, different names for it. But, but in the King James, in the, in the direct translation, is virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, five of them are wise and five of them are foolish. So let me just stop there for a second. So when we hear, it says, some of them say bridesmaids, but the actual word is virgins. And why virgins is important is because there was an aspect of purity to these women that Jesus is bringing up. There's a purity in their lives. Now, like I said, I know this is a reference to the last days, and I believe we are living in the last days. This is talking about the return of Christ. And these virgins, five of them were foolish, five of them were wise, but they were all pure. In other words, all of them had the revelation. All of them walked to some degree in the form of the parallel. And I believe that this represents someone or anyone who walks with the Lord. So the message here is not a matter of purity necessarily. It's a matter of preparation. And we, I know we need purity, don't get me wrong, but we also need to be prepared. There are believers who walk in holiness, they live right, they obey God's word, but they are not prepared in the task that God has laid out for them. So here we are. They're carrying their lamps. And the lamps... They represent light or revelation. It could represent the word of God. It could also represent evangelism. But you'll notice that it's the oil that keeps the light burning. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that will keep your witness alive. So verse 3, let's move on. Verse 3, those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. How many times do you see an on-fire believer who wants to start some task, begin some ministry, commit to doing something for God? I'm going to do this for you. And they give up halfway through. The fiber were foolish only tapped into enough oil. They only took enough oil to last them so far. Debbie and I liken it this way when we talk to parents who are struggling with their kids walking with Jesus. And, and you look at the parents. Do they, do they attend church? Do they attend Sunday school? Do they come Wednesday nights? Do the parents live their life uh, on, on Monday through Saturday the same way they live their life on Sunday? And 99% of them will then you know what's happening? You're giving them just enough Jesus, just enough to confuse them. You're giving them just enough, just enough oil, but not for the long haul. And that's what happened with these five foolish uh, virgins. They took enough oil with them, 
They took they for, they didn't take enough oil for the long haul. But the other five who were wise enough, they took enough oil, knowing in their minds they were going to be faithful to the task. And what was their task? Waiting. They were going to be faithful. It's the first key when it comes to walking to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is how you walk in the anointing of the power of God. Number one, you need a fresh supply. Fresh supply. They took enough to last them. They didn't rely on the oil that they had previously had because the oil they had previously had was not enough. They need to bring an extra supply of oil so they can continue to have their lights shining. Look, life happens. We all get, uh, we all get like that. But what if you're too tired, you're too exhausted, you haven't studied up, you haven't read your Bible, you haven't spent time in prayer, and suddenly you come into contact with someone that God has given you a divine appointment to witness to, but you don't have the anointing. You don't have it. How many times do believers go about their day only to find out by later in the day or early in the day their light begins to fade? Because there's no power. There's no anointing. When, you need, when you're going to walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you have to be prepared to walk in a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. So how do you do that? Daily contact with God. Each and every day. How healthy is it for a marriage or any relationship if you're not having daily contact? Like, I don't even like not having daily contact with my adult children, let alone my grandchild. I want that daily contact with them still. I don't know, but I can't be that, that dad. But too bad. I miss them. So how do we do that? How do I have daily contact with the Lord? Well, you have to spend time in the Word daily. Spend time in prayer daily. Spend time in worship daily. That's searching yourself, saying, Lord, search me and surrender daily. And I don't, I mean, every moment of your day. Number one, you need a fresh supply every day. You need a supply for every moment. You need a supply that will last and help you continue to walk in the Lord. You do that by daily commitment to prayer, to the Word, to the devotion, through worship. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is found simply through spending time with Jesus. If you want a fresh anointing, you need to make a fresh contact. When was, the, what did uh, Jim Elliott say? When was the last time you did something for the first time for God? If you want the anointing to last, you have to continually seek the Lord. That's number one. You need a fresh supply. In other words, that daily contact with the Lord. And don't, can, please, 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 this is hard. This is a hard one. Don't surrender that for anything. Don't let anything get in the way of it. Don't surrender that daily contact for one single thing. Not for entertainment, not for loved ones, not even for ministry. Ugh, I hated when I wrote that in there. I really did. 
Because this is where God nails me. Like I said, he made me a preacher so I would listen to the sermon at least twice. This happens all the time. And I try so desperately, but I get burdened. I get overwhelmed by, by just the responsibilities of being a senior pastor. And I can allow myself so easily to, to lack in prayer, to fulfill the responsibilities of my ministry. I just, I use it as the excuse. I'll just say, well, God, I've, I've got to call this person, and, and I've got to go do this, and I've got to go do that. And you know what? If I don't spend daily contact in prayer, none of it really works out for me. But I'll use it as an excuse. So I didn't have time for my daily devotions. I was too busy doing God's work. It's so stupid, but this is where ministers get in trouble. And I'll tell you, this is where you get in trouble too. When we don't have that daily contact. The Holy Spirit had to rebuke me. He had to convince me. And this is not, it doesn't happen all the time, but every once in a while... When the Holy Spirit does it, I have to know I'm sacrificing my daily contact with him to try to fulfill my ministry. When you're trying to fulfill your ministry or your mandate or your call of God that's upon your life, whatever task God has called you to without prayer, you're saying to the Lord, I got this. I don't need you in this. I'm good. And that's what's embarrassing not only to say to you, but to say to God. I got to go work on my sermon, God. I got to go catch up on my Wednesday night Bible study. God, I got to go minister to someone in the hospital. I got it. I don't need you for that, God. And that's, that's, that's why it's so easy in ministry to excuse it with God's work. But believe me, you guys have excuses too. We all do. We can all come up with it. And the Bible here says it's foolishness. To have daily contact, you have to be stubborn. Stubborn. Don't elbow Glenn too much right there, Kathy. You have to be stubborn. You need to refuse to let anything touch your daily contact with the Lord. You guard it. It's precious. It's the only thing that will sustain you. It's the only thing that will keep the light burning. The moment you stop making contact, daily contact with the Lord, your light will begin to fade. So number one, you need a fresh supply. Let me, let me continue. In verse 5, it says, but While the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Now that's the prophetic picture of the Lord's return. And now continues verse 7. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there won't be enough for us and you together. You need your own supply. You've got to have your own supply. You cannot rely upon the supply of another. You can't rely on the supply of your parents. You cannot rely on the, the supply of your grandparents. Or how about this? You can't rely on your family name. I know that some people think the anointing will come from being related to somebody who's anointed. Or being married to a certain family member or being connected to a certain big status preacher. But let me tell you the truth. That's not how you get the anointing. The anointing in the favor of God is not shown by 
if you have front row seats and you rub elbows with the right people. The anointing, I've seen it. I've seen preachers on Facebook with some, or Instagram, and, and, and they're, they're, they got a picture of some big famous preacher, and they'll be standing next to him, and they got that nice smile on both their Bibles in their hands, and he's going, oh, getting a fresh anointing from my brother. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're getting the anointing from God. And there's no shortcut. You don't get it by taking a selfie with an anointed preacher. Let me tell you the truth. The anointing and the favor of God is not shown by if you get front row seats. The anointing of the Holy Spirit only comes when you get alone with God. You and God alone. Matthew chapter 6, 6, Jesus said, When you pray, go away by yourself privately. And when you are by yourself, seek the Lord. When you are by yourself, tap the power of God. When you shut everything and everyone else out and you seek the face of Jesus, then you see him with your own eyes, with your own spirit. You lay hold of Jesus. You come into that, like I've said over and over again, the personal experience of God. When you have that personal encounter with Jesus, it's the only way. Only those who have been touched by the glory of God can be used for the glory of God. Oh, man, somebody fell asleep and forgot to say amen. <laughs> because that is some really, really good preaching. Only those who have been touched by the glory of God can be used for the glory of God. You cannot rely upon your neighbor. You can't rely upon your friend. You can't rely upon a family member. They have their place. We love them. We connect with them. We have fellowship with them. But when it comes to the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit doesn't pass the anointing on by some relationship. He doesn't pass it on just because you think you're entitled to it. He doesn't pass upon the anointing just because you've been a part of some ministry for several years. Oh, that's a good one. I've been coming to this church for over 30 years. Of course I have the anointing. Yeah. Going to church doesn't make you any more Christian than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Sit in your garage all day. You don't turn into a car. The only reason is faithfulness. The only way for this, God rewards faithfulness. It's consistency. But consistency alone is not the key to the anointing. You need your own supply. You have to tap into the heart of God yourself, and then you have to pay the price. It will come when you get into the Word of God. And I'm not talking about daily devotional scriptures. You know, read one or two verses, something you can tweet in under 40 characters. I'm talking about pouring yourself over Scripture. I'm talking about seeking the face of Jesus in his word. I'm talking about knowing the word of God, showing yourself before him as a workman, and that you need not be ashamed. This is the key. You get into the word. You get into prayer for yourself. 
That's why Wednesday nights, this study called Experiencing God has been so powerful. Because it really, look, it, it's, it's not doing anything except this. Now I know there's fruit out of each and every devotional. There's five devotionals in a week, right? But what it's really forcing people to do is to dive into the Word of God, spending a half hour to an hour in prayer and in the Word and diving in into it at least five days out of the week. So number one, you need a fresh anointing. How do you do that? You tap into prayer consistently. Consistently. Number two, you need your own supply. How do you do that? You prior, tap into prayer life personally. You need consistent prayer life and a personal prayer life. You cannot rely on the prayer of others for the anointing. You must on your own seek the face of God. You cannot rely on someone else's supply. Now, here's the third key. Let's go to verse 8. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamp is going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there shouldn't be enough for us and you. But rather, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Verse 11, after the other virgins came, also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Verse 13, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Jesus comes back. Where is he going to find you doing? What's your priorities? I just know this. I, 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 I don't want to be caught playing video games when Jesus comes. I, I, I'm not saying anything's wrong with video games. Well, some of them are, but you know what I mean. Where are my priorities? If he comes back right now. Where is he going to find you? Is he going to find you being effective? How about that? Is he going to find you just a pew sitter? Or is he going to find you being who you were called to be, a priest and ministering to the lost? So the third key, you see it there. It says what? Go to a shop and buy for yourselves. Here's the deal, guys. You have to pay for your own anointing. Salvation is free, but the Holy Spirit will cost you everything. Salvation's free. And listen to me carefully. I mean, it will cost you everything. I am still daily needing to surrender to the Lord. I got so much. I, I wish I got saved a lot earlier. I got, I got really, when I say really saved, I, I really started following Jesus when I was about 32. So that means I got 32 years of my flesh built up to kill. And it's layer by layer by layer. <laughs> and I wish it would just go in one big chunk, but it's more that, you know, I have to daily surrender that stuff. Just when I think I've got it. <laughs> I've surrendered all I can. I'll come to another place in myself and I oh, I need to surrender that to God. I got nailed this morning by that today. <laughs> I got nailed today. God said, you need to surrender and be a shepherd to yourself as well. Oh, stop it. We have to pay the price. And what's the price? It's time with the Lord. 
But if that alone time was the price, I would say it's more than a luxury than really a sacrifice. And really, when it comes down to the kingdom of God, is there really anything as such a sacrifice? Because everything I give to him, he gives me back more than I could ever return to him. Is there really? I know it says, therefore, sacrifice your whole body as a living, for yourself as a living sacrifice to God. That's your true spiritual form of worship. I know Galatians says that. I know that. And I try to. But I'm still singing the song wrong. I surrender most. I'm still singing it wrong. So when it comes to paying the price, I'm talking about suffering rejection. I'm talking about being labeled as odd or different or weird. And that can happen right within your own family. One of the price tags on the anointing is being different. It's being rejected, being misunderstood. I'm not bitter about it. I'm happy about it. Are you kidding me? If it wasn't for that, I would be just like generations before me. And I don't want that. I wouldn't have it any other way. I like being different. I think Jesus likes me being different. I think I am different. I've heard, I've, when, when we had over 450 Hell's Angels in here, they said, you're not like any other pastor I've ever seen. I said, thank you, Jesus. The price is still there, though. You have to give up certain relationships. You know when you get saved, you're going to lose some friends. Because they don't want to be around that. But when you get anointed, now you even start losing your lukewarm friends. People who claim the name of Jesus, but they don't walk in that, you lose them too. Now, look at, don't get me wrong. We have to love our neighbors, love our enemies. We have to do all of that. But there's a big difference in letting someone be a friend to you and you being a friend to someone. We used to put it this way to my girls when they would have a slumber party with maybe a family we weren't too sure of. Listen, sweetheart, you need to be a really good friend to them, but you be careful who you let be friends to you. You be careful who you let speak in your life. Some of us walk with Jesus, but we let people who don't walk with Jesus speak into our lives. And that mixture messes things up. It's oil and water, baby. You can't let them do it. Don't let some, some bozo on TV tell you about self-health and self-worth and feel good about yourself and you're gonna, everything's going to be great. Or just, how about this one? Just speak out the words and put them into existence. And then and once they're in existence, the power of that will come true. We are filthy rags. It is all by God's grace. It's his righteousness in us. And I am no longer that, that old man. I reckoned him dead. And I don't want to ever go back. I have to spend time with people. I, I want to spend people with, who've got the anointing. I, got, I want to spend pe- time with people who challenge me about the word. I'm not always happy about it. I don't, you know, I don't always feel good about it. But holy sandpaper is good to take care of those rough edges sometimes. Do you realize that, how about this? Do you realize entertainment in itself can also maybe need to be sacrificed in your life? Because, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying there's never a time for that. 
But come on, how many times have we come home from work and just want to shut it down? I want to have dinner. I want to sit in front of the TV. I just want to chill a while. I want to relax. And I want to go to bed. And we do that night after night after night after night. And we never think, maybe I should come home and get in the Word of God and let Him refresh me. So some of, I'll tell you a sin I had for a long time. I spent, this is way before I was a Christian too, and I did it as a Christian, and I did it as a pastor. But I still got to remind myself, I would give my best at work. I would give my best self at work. I was good at my jobs. I was good at, at a dental technician. I was good at those musician times. I was good at that. So I spent, I left it all out there. And then I came home and they got the leftovers. I gave my best at work and my leftovers at home. And we do that with God so many times. We put so much energy into the things we, we love. And then we don't put any energy into the God that created us who loves us more. Sometimes you have to give up things you love for something we love more. I think someone wrote on Facebook one time for me, is it a sin to play video games? It was when we were youth pastors. And, and I said, look, it's not a sin. I mean, as long as it's not like some demonic like video game or something like that. But it can turn into sin if you're replacing that with time you need to spend with the Lord. And look out, if I even start talking about fishing, don't let Jimmy know I said that. I love, I hate to say this, I don't like fishing with other people. That's why I don't go fishing a lot of times. Because I love get, sitting on that. Look at I, I'm, I, it's, I'm not in the catching business as much as the fishing business. Does that make sense? I'm into getting the line wet and baiting the hook a lot. And that's about it. But I love sitting that chair down on the bank. Popping in my ear pods. And just putting my worship music or the scripture. And I will just sit there. Sometimes it's just classical music. And it's just quiet. And I'm sitting out there. It's, it's, you know, the sun's coming up. It's just me and Jesus. It's the best. So I don't do that. That's one of my biggest recharges. And I love it. But if you say, Lord, whatever you want from me, each moment? Can we say that? Can we actually, ooh, it's got quiet in here, didn't it? <laughs> if we actually say, yeah, go ahead, Anna. That's okay, let her, she'll do the altar music. Can you imagine, I mean, that's a scary, yeah, the other one. Can you imagine how scary that is for a second? God, I surrender all of my life to you in each moment. Each moment? Really? Yeah, Lord, I'm starving. I can't wait to go downstairs and have some Mexican food. Look at it. It's, it's 10 to 12. I'm hungry, God. Well, what if God wants me to do something else right now? Yeah, but I'm hungry. Each moment. Oh. If you leave here today thinking Jesus wants every moment of your life, hallelujah. But can we remember it? Because, man, there is one guy out there, not guy, he's, there's, an, there's a devil out there, there's a Satan out there that wants to rob each and every moment of glory from God. Each and every moment. The sacrifice for the anointing has been for so long misunderstood. It's been rejected. 
It's time away from people you love. It's time away from things you like doing. It's separating yourself from the world. It's separating yourself from those who are not focused on what you're focused on. It's realizing that my life needs to be spent for the glory of God. My entirety of life, the sum of my life, the entire amount of God in, in everything. I was, I was doing Gary's funeral. And I did, his, I, I did Gary's video. And I turned to my wife when I got done looking at, I think it were 80 pictures. And I just went, and Gary loved the Lord. And Gary, I, I love him. I'm, not, I, I'm just saying this was a challenge to me. When I finished the video, I go, is that it? Is that it? Is, is, is in a 10-minute video? Is that what my life is going to be? A 10-minute video of pictures? It scared me. I want my life to an, um, amount to a legacy with my kids, my grandkids, the people I came into contact with. The people who are, I'm going to see in heaven, people that I'm shocked are in heaven. <laughs> I, want my, I want my life to be said that it was for the glory of God. Period. He lived his life for the glory of God. So number one, you need a fresh supply. You do that through constant prayer. Number two, this one is the key for most, peop most people and they struggle with it. You need your own supply. So you do it through private prayer. And number three, you need to pay the price. There's a cost. There's a cost. And you do it through sacrifice. You do it through obedience. You do it through the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now I want to pray with you. But I hope your faith is stirred. You know what's great? You know what's great? You ask for God, anointing, you do these things, and guess what? You get it. It's, I, I, what is it? I will guarantee that if you get those three keys, you pay the price, you get your own supply, you're constantly in prayer, I guarantee you that anointing will be with you. I pray that we say this, all of us. Lord, I'm done with everything else. I'm done with everything else. Sid Roth put it this way. Anything you can do, I can do. Anything I can do, you can do better. So whatever I'm doing, whatever you see somebody who you know is anointed, guess what? You can do it better. By the power and the anointing of God. It's time to be done with everything else. Be done with the distractions. Oh, we are living in a world of distractions. Be done with all that's out there. It's garbage. There's nothing out there but Jesus that's worth anything. What does the world have to an what does the world have to offer any Christian who is living a holy life? Nothing. It's empty. When it's all said and done, the only thing that will satisfy is the presence of Jesus. Period. There's no counterfeit. There will be attempts at counterfeiting. Jesus, Jesus is the Word. And what happens is, <coughs> and I know I'm talking to a few people, we get so frustrated. Where were you, Jesus? What were you doing? 
when I was struggling, when I was dealing with all the stuff I was dealing with, where were you, Jesus? And then you close your eyes and you picture Jesus not there. You picture Jesus ignoring it. You picture Jesus not, not participating. That's the enemy and it's a counterfeit Jesus. So how do I discern the real Jesus from the counterfeit Jesus? Here it is. It's all right here. You get to know him. And the more you get to know him, the more you go, you know what, devil? Even in the worst moment of my life, Jesus was there. And Jesus loves me. And Jesus wants to take hold of me. And he is disgusted by what the world and the enemy has done to you. And he wants you to turn to him. And he wants you to repent and turn towards him and forget what the world has offered and just rely on his Holy Spirit. It's time to be done with everything else. There's, you know what? Frankly, just been ruined for anything else. Jesus wrecked me. I, I got nothing else. I got, I got Jesus. I became a preacher because in John chapter 7, he said, how is this man so learned without studying? And Jesus said, any man who speaks my father's words is no falsehood in him. I said, oh, I can, I can do that. That's all I got. I got his word. I got his Holy Spirit. That's it. I don't know if you were looking for a longer resume. Usually I'm the one saying it. <laughs> but that's all I really have. And you know what's beautiful about it? He sang it this morning. His grace is enough. It's enough. Thank you. Why don't we stand or close in prayer? Because I'm already there. Sorry. I beat you to his presence. Sorry. I did. Father, I'm just so thankful today that, first of all, you got me through. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I continue to pray for everyone in this church and who hears my voice or online that they would realize that the world really doesn't have anything to offer and that really when it's all said and done, it's Jesus that makes all the difference. Father, help us. There's so many distractions out here. The enemy's really, really good at it. And sometimes it's not even the enemy, God. Sometimes we create our own distractions. Because I know there are times where I've done some things I'm not too proud of, God. And I don't really want to go see you. <laughs> so, God, I'll find something else to distract me. And the next thing I know, I'll realize how long it's been since the two of us just had a conversation. So God, as the Bible puts it, uh, uh, quicken my spirit. Let your Holy Spirit just be stirred up in all of us and in this church and the sound of my voice. Stir us up, God. Stir us up to never, to have you on our lips constantly, our thoughts constantly, and, and to be hungry for your word, just as hungry as we are for our sandwich Sunday, God. Let us be hungry, God, hungry to please you, hungry to bring glory to you, hungry for your righteousness, God. Help us to be hungry for your anointing because we want to be used by you for your glory. Oh, God, hear me. 
please, please, God, I plead with you the blood and say, Father, we don't deserve it, but we ask for it today. We need more. This is a messed up world and we are messed up people, but we have Jesus. We just need more. God, we need more. I don't know what else to say, God. I just, I just keep on saying it. I want more of you. I pray for those this morning that maybe heard this message and feeling guilty they haven't talked to you in a while. That's okay. I know what it's like when I don't talk to my girls for a while and then I get a phone call. I was forgotten, man. I'm, I'm excited to talk to them. And I know it's the same with you. That we can start this very minute and say, God, I, I haven't talked to you in a while. I'd really like to go for a walk and have a conversation with you. And Jesus would like nothing better. Pour out your spirit on this poor church, these poor people in the world, the world's eyes, but we are rich in your grace and your mercy and your love. And we are willing to receive. And as Brenda put it, God, we are willing to take it. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for our, our fabulous food downstairs. We ask that you bless it. We ask you to bless our fellowship as we continue to worship you through sharing a meal together. And we thank you for today. We thank you for the testimony of Brenda. We thank you for the update from uh, Andrew on, on Henry Smith. And we pray for him and his family. God, I thank you for Adele. And I'll pray an extra measure of comfort for her. And for Bob, an extra comfort for him as well. And we just ask you, Lord, continue to do and be who you are. Just We just want more of it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. God bless you guys. Come on downstairs. Let's have some food. Okay, and that's, I prayed over the food already, so get started eating now. <laughs>